You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team, we'll talk about your least favorite team, and everybody in between, and we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Nothing compares to you, Free Skate Friday. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, another Friday episode. I, we had to get a little Sinead O'Connor in there with, with the haircuts we rocking on this podcast, so it had to be done. Uh, on today's episode, we will be talking mostly about some of the worst trades in both Avalanche and NHL history. Gonna do some dunking, I guess. We'll put it that way. But... Before we get to all that, the news of the day being the Colorado Eagles dropped their new jerseys, I suppose. Um, One of them looks good. One of them everyone else will think looks good and I don't like. So that's perfectly fair. Uh, I think we have the images. I'm not sure. We can bring bring them up. So here's their like standard jersey. Um. I don't it's cool. It's their classic logo. They have yeah. the Avs blue now. Neat. <laughs> it's I like it. Yeah. It's not it's not complicated. Yep. You know, there's not a lot going on there, but I really like the um I like the shoulders and I really like the stripes on the elbow. Really? I, the stripes are weird kind of to me. The shoulders on four, but I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the stripes, but I actually is that gray? I thought it was white when I first saw it. But if that like inner color is gray, I think I actually like that a little bit better. I like I'm I'm I think they look good, man. Yeah. I think they're clean. I mean, no complaints. It's not ugly or anything, unlike these next ones, as Victor alludes to here. Um their second jersey it's just they stole the blueberry like yeah it's all they did 100% stole it neat i i like it i think it's neat i i've never liked the blueberry the black shoulder pads are are fine but it's too blue i never i've never liked it it's the, a lot of blue yeah yeah, with the with the socks as well, it's kind of out of control. But yeah, Z pointed out to me they look like the Jets jerseys. Yeah, exactly. Is that is it the same color of blue? Like it's pretty similar. I think it's darker, but it's pretty similar. Yeah, eh, not great. And I've I've never yeah. been a fan of the like the horizontal lettering is yeah. not my favorite either. Yeah, but you can. Purchase these now. If you're a fan, go get your uh, your Martin Gout jersey and say you were one of the cool kids. I mean, the Eagles have their own identity. Yeah, right. I think they still do. Like, this is their third jersey. They're still going to have their main logo jersey as, as their main one. And they've kept their colors in the logo and everything. So, yeah, the... Yeah. The leaks on the new jerseys, we'll see. Guy and I were talking before the show. We're not very hyped on them. We'll put it that way. So hang loose on on some of the uh, the uh, retro reverse, whatever the hell they're calling them these days. Reverse retro jerseys? Yeah. Which, what is that what even? Is that mean? Even? Yeah. <laughs> they reversed 
the modern colors onto retro logos. I don't really understand. They were like, retro is super cool, but we're going to get ahead of the curve and we're going to be reverse retro. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> so I, I can make stuff up too. So let's move into some of the worst trades. Should we start with a natural segue? It is naturally terrible jerseys into terrible (laughs) trades. Okay. That's how it works. Uh, Should we start with as, or should we start with league wide? Let's start with league wide. Okay. We'll we'll save our misery for later. All right. We can, we can be sad later. We can make fun of teams for starters. Let's, let's just start off with the obvious here, AJ. The Gretzky trade is the Gretzky trade the worst trade in NHL history. Um, I think it it has to be right. I even I mean, though yeah, even though probably. didn't the Oilers win the cup the next year? They did, yes. So it was like, but Gretzky went on, on to have like five more hundred point seasons or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he's still Gretzky after that. You know, he was still. He he took the the Kings to the Cup Finals, uh, and then that was that was kind of it. He never he never got back. Yep. But Play. that's still the game's greatest player ever. True. For nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's essentially nothing. It was a bunch of stuff. It was a bunch of money. Is mostly fifteen million dollars, yeah. Like, so. great. That guy paid his bills. True. I mean, I'm trying to find one that I that could hold up to it, but there's just no no player going the other way that ever comes close. I mean, honestly, like. The, the close, deal. yeah, the closest in talent I can think of is is the Wad deal from the Canadian you know, side. Just a disaster I, of a trade. I hate to, I hate to do this while I'm in this room, but the Solani Uh-oh. deal is a total disaster. Yeah, that one's on there for me too, definitely. You um, know, like Oleg Tevardovsky was fine, but that other dude, Chad Kilger, Oleg Tevardovsky, and a third round pick for a Hall Prime of Famer, <laughs> yeah. Didn't work out super well for for Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <clears throat> the other that, the other one um is the Alexi Yashin deal. Yeah. Well, to the Islanders. That one's a little bit different because Yashin was at least like serviceable for a couple seasons. Yeah, but you gave up Zdeno Chara and what eventually became the Jason Spezza yeah, pick. Yeah, like one hundred percent. Not a good trade for the Isles at all. Who, by no. the way, this is they're actually still paying Yashin this year. This is the last year that they pay his buyout. So <laughs> And then they've they're only like halfway through the DPA throw contract. Yeah, that one goes to like twenty thirty or something ridiculous. Like Yeah. Ooh, okay. Jimmy Carson, you still traded the greatest player ever, though. <laughs> yeah. Really just goes to show you what 100-point seasons were back then. Yeah, kind of nothing. MVPs like, were putting up, like, 150-point seasons on the reg. So I mean, more than that, because Gretzky and Lemieux well, were throwing up 180s. Yeah. Gretzky had you're just like, a 214-point uh, season or whatever it was. Like, Yeah. Just stupidity at that point. Um, let's see what else is on this list. Oh yeah. The, uh, the Naslin trade, uh, from Pittsburgh to Vancouver was terrible for Pittsburgh. And like Naslin is one of those players where people are a little bit split on him because he was very, very good and never quite ascended to like godhood level. But considering what Pittsburgh got back for him, which is some guy named Alex Stoyanovich. So it's Stoyanov, just Stoyanov, who had someone I had never heard of before for a dude who, you know, went on to be a captain of a Vancouver team and, and regularly put up 70 to a hundred mm-hmm. points. When was that deal? 
96, 95, 96. That hurts. Yeah. That was when Pittsburgh was bad or about to get bad, I suppose. They were still kind of hanging on to the glory years at that point. Yeah, that was right around the time that Yager left and went to Washington. Yep. And then it was all downhill until the Crosby times, basically. I don't think that the I don't think that that was actually that bad of a deal. The Luongo deal? <clears throat> yeah, the Luongo deal. Um, Brian Allen played a ton of games. Todd Bertuzzi was... I, th- I thought... I think Bertuzzi was still serviceable for them. I don't think he was great or anything, but... Um, yeah. Did they... I can't, I can't remember the timeline of... Was that uh, after... Yeah, that was in 06... So that it was what? okay. So it was right after the, yeah. the lockout. Yeah. Oh, and then they traded him immediately to Detroit. Right. So yeah, he was still he was still a decent player. He just didn't do it in Florida. Yep. And the whole Luongo going back and forth from Florida to Vancouver is a whole yeah, saga weird. of its own. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and um. The first deal where he, um, when he was traded from the Islanders, yeah, like, the Islanders like Mike Milbury's teams of, of players that he traded yeah. was better than the teams he actually built. Let's, well, we can actually bring him up. Let's see because Milbury has to be one of the worst, right? Like, yeah, he was awful. Let's see. Let's just let's just go through a little bit of, of Mike Milbury's trade history here. Uh. Was part of the the Wendell Clark for Claude Lemieux deal, uh, as he got Wendell Clark for for Steve Thomas ultimately in the three way part of that trade. Yeah. Um. Let's. What I'm looking for some big names. He did a like this dude made so many trades. It's insane. Yeah. I he mean, made a trade like every two weeks. <laughs> Like Ole Jokinen and Roberto Longo for Mark Parrish and Oleg Kavasha yeah. is a disaster. Not good. Not and, good. Like, Kavasha and Parrish were like good players. He gave up Kasparitis for Brian Smolinski. I would have no idea how to value that. Me either. I have nothing. I don't know anything about Brian Smolinski. He had a long career. He did. He looks like a significantly better player than Kasparitis, actually. So maybe Milbury did something good. <laughs> yeah, the Cam Neely, the Cam. Neely yeah, that one was really yeah. bad, really, yeah. really bad. Oh, there's. A I don't. One. I don't feel too badly about the Sundin deal. Um, yeah, they were in kind of a like they didn't they didn't make hay with it, given that he was a Hall of Fame player. But like right. they. Oh, <laughs> They were in such a such a weird spot where it was like, do you move a guy to wing? Like, what do you what do you do? Milbury traded Bertuzzi and McCabe to the Vancouver in '98 for Trevor Linden, who would then leave them after two seasons to go play for Montreal. Yeah, Casper Casparitis was really good at what he did. Yeah. He was he was a he was a dirty, dirty, dirty player, but <laughs> he was a really, really good defender. Take what you can get, I suppose. Can uh, open the door for the Red Kogudises of the world. Before we uh, before we go any further, we do need to take our first period break here and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, <laughs> nothing makes you want to drink quite like Mike Milberry, in my opinion. So it's true. Crack open a beer and and have a Breck brew, and while you're at it, 
be sure to look into our new code if you're looking to re-sign up with the dnvr.com or sign up for the first time. Now is an excellent time to get an annual subscription with code AVS when you sign up to help support this podcast right here. Doing a little contest where we want to beat all of the other beats. Show them our podcast is dope, basically. When you sign up for that annual subscription with code AVS, you'll get a free DNVR shirt, a free DNVR mask, and a free DNVR sticker pack. So... Be sure to jump in right now. It's a great deal. You're basically covering like half your subscription cost for free by picking up all of that stuff along the way. So might as well do it again. Code abs. If you want to support AJ, Evan, and I, there it is. Look at that. We even got the thing set up on the bottom. Good job. Props to the production squad. Second period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ talking terrible trades now i i struggle with this because trades are hard to value Uh, you can look at boston trading out joe thornton and say that's a really bad value trade but boston still went on to win cups after that so was brad was brad stewart Part of their. Don't I, was he still with them when they won the cup? I don't actually know. Yeah, and that's why that's why I'm like uh, they they did it despite that. You know, Boston Boston continues to succeed today despite the fact that they blew three first round picks in a row. Yeah. In 2015, in in what's going to turn out to be an all time great draft. Yep. You know, Boston. Uh, Boston didn't get nothing for Sagan. They got what two good years of Louis Erickson, and then he left. He left in free agency. Yep. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you how do you value a trade where it was not a good trade overall? Like in the long run, Boston would have gotten a lot more value out of Sagan, but they traded Sagan and won a cup. Like. Is the cup? Does the cup just default make bad trades worth it anyway? It doesn't matter. I don't think so. Um, I, I mean, why? Why? What was the rush to get rid of Joe Thornton in the first place? Yeah, you know, we we there's video of them trading Tyler Sagan, and the whole thing is impossibly stupid. <laughs> like the fact that they survived despite getting away with some of these things. Is a testament to, I don't know, getting lucky, I guess. I mean, yeah. Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand are second round picks that turned into who they've turned into. You know, like your David Posternock was a, what, 26th overall? 21st, yeah. Overall. Like the guy. I wrote I wrote the history of that pick and it was yep. like poster knocking a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> you know, like they they so got they, lucky. They they doing got a little bit right, lucky. but it's not trading. <laughs> you know, well some of it is, you know, they they you know, they also they also, you know, they, they got Tuka Rask out of Toronto because Toronto sucks. Yeah. You know, they're they were on the other end of one of the all-time great fleeces. So, you know, that's that's how you survive stuff like that. But it's like the the what could have been in Boston is almost as good as the what could have been in for the Islanders. Yeah. You know, they're, it's, it's hard to survive some of that stuff, but it helps when you when you have Hall of Fame caliber players still sitting around. But when you trade them away and you get nothing for them, you know, at least at least when the Nordiques got rid of Sundin, it was like, okay, well, they, yeah, and then they immediately moved him. He yeah. was like their third line center. But you know, when they the Nordiques got rid of got rid of Sundin, and then it turned into Claude Lemieux for the Avs, like not a Hall of Fame player, but pretty close. Turned out okay in the end. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of reason that bad trades turn into bad trades. You know, when the Duchesne deal happened, did any of us think that 
Kyle Turris was going to completely fall apart the way that he did. Like that wasn't in the cards, you know, and we didn't, that wasn't something, of course, we didn't focus on the Nashville aspect of that trade, but nobody thought Kyle Turris was going to fall apart. And you don't know that that's going to happen until the guy gets there and it just doesn't work for whatever reason. Yeah. And with any trade, there's always an element of risk, right? That something is going to happen where, oh, he just doesn't fit in your system or you're trading away. A piece we've talked about it a hundred times on this podcast with Tyson Jost. If they do end up moving him, there's always a chance that he becomes a 40, 50 point player on some other team. Right. Like you have to feel like if the abstracting Tyson Jost today sets them up, it's it's the exact kind of situation that puts them in a position to lose a trade. Yep. Because the abs would be at this point, they would either be they would have to be a package of something, or if they trade him on their own, it just it would have to be like mediocre futures. Like you're replacing a second round pick. If if you can even get that for him. Yeah. You know? And if if that's what they get for him, then I can see why the abs are like, screw this, we're just gonna hang on to him. We're just gonna pay him nine hundred thousand dollars. Deal with it. <laughs> um, let's talk about a few more recent trades here. I, I did want to get into some more current. I guess the Sagan one isn't that far away, but when you look at current trades, what are some that stand out over maybe, I don't know, the past five or 10 years? O'Reilly going to St. Louis for a bag of stuff, basically. Yeah, you, you look at, it's crazy because O'Reilly's value leaving Buffalo should have been higher than it was when they traded for him. <laughs> he was signed already. He had, he was coming off of his most productive seasons. Like he had been, he'd been a top, a top ish center, you know, there with Eichel. Yep. Like his, his value should have been through the roof. I don't care if he came out and said he doesn't, he doesn't like, or he'd lost the he love lost of the love game or, or, whatever, or whatever, whatever the hell that quote was. Yep. Like whatever, whatever, you know, it, his value should have been crazy. And they got him for Tage Thompson, who I could have told you on draft day was a bust. Was a big yikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he couldn't do anything at UConn except set up for one timers. And it's a great, he's got a great one timer, but it turns out the NHL game requires you to be a lot more than just that. Uh, and and then you know, cap dumps and guys like Sabotka. Yep. Like it just it was it was an awful. It's an awful deal. Yeah, I. You compare that I to agree. even the first O'Reilly. What did they give up? Like they, the they big... gave up Conference Zadorov, who would have been helpful. And then yep. who who knows who knows who they take if they keep that because they had the first pick in the second round that they traded to Colorado. Colorado yep. traded down, mm-hmm. but and and ended up getting nothing out of all the picks that they got for that. But fifty games out of AJ, not even fifty games out yeah, of AJ, twenty Greer. games out of yeah. AJ Greer, and nothing out of Cam Morrison. But yep. you know, still, like in terms of a trade down, that was a it was a good one. You would do that yeah. again. You would yeah, take sure. that chance again. But like for Buffalo, you have no idea who they take. But you know, I, and and the that the pick ended up Jeremy Waugh. Yeah, like it's mostly just bad luck that that guy's knee just fell apart. It's it's just crazy that the Avs have or had, I suppose they traded Zadorov, but there's two NHL regulars on that side of the deal, and then Buffalo flips O'Reilly um, for uh, Berglund's out of the league. Sabaka's basically out of the league. Thompson cannot get a regular job there. Uh, we'll see with their first round pick, which ended up being Ryan Johnson, but. At this point, that's the only intriguing part of that deal. It's Ryan Johnson. Yep. And I was a big Ryan Johnson fan, at best, as a middle-pairing defender. Yep. So, that, I mean, that's that stands out as a, that stands out as a, a bad deal. Uh, obviously, everybody's involvement, other than Colorado's in the original Duchesne deal, uh, <laughs> yeah. isn't, isn't good. I... Th- borderline disastrous for Ottawa like Nashville too Nashville gave Nashville gives up Gerard 
Kamenev and a second round pick and gotten nothing close to what they thought they were getting out of, you know, there wasn't a big gap between Duchesne and Turris at the time of the deal. Yeah, right. That exactly is Duchesne was marginally better and Ottawa was willing to give up Turris for him because they thought it was the piece that would make them. And we all know the story now. And, Oh, and Turris was uh, Turris was going to leave um, at the end of that year because mm-hmm. Duchesne had they set it up so that they had two years with Duchesne and and du- Turris was Gone. his contract yeah. expired a year earlier, and, and so they it ended was up like, moving Duchesne later anyway. But right for also not a not a great package from Columbus, but those deadline deals sometimes that happens, you know, like. You look at you look at the what the Islanders got at the deadline for Vanek when they traded him to Montreal and it was like nothing. All I'm saying is in the modern game, there's a reason why no one picks up Joe Sackick's phone calls. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, where would you? How bad was the Taylor Hall deal for Edmonton? Because it's a weird situation, right? Where they needed a defenseman, and and like they got one, and they got a they got a good one. It's just that they didn't have the high end guy that they needed behind or in front of him. Yeah, to really make him, you know, because Adam like Adam Larson is a perfectly serviceable, like solid middle pairing. He's he's still there. He'll probably be there. Uh, I think his contract expires after this next season, and then he goes into free agency. And you know who knows? But I I the the value is obviously off. That it was one for one. They they gave up. And Taylor they Hall goes and a, wins an MVP with New Jersey. Right, like they gave up an elite wing in his prime for um middle pairing defenseman also in his prime. Yeah, it's not great value, but it's it's not it's just not a disaster. It's not the like, oh my god, fiasco that some of these other deals we've talked about are. Like the Joe Thornton deal, that's a fiasco. Yeah, I don't I don't care what kind of career Brad Stewart had. That's a <laughs> <laughs> at the like time that yeah. That's a that's a arguably a top five player of an entire generation that they gave up for Brad Stewart. Yeah. And what is there such a thing as a bad trade for both teams? Um. Yeah. Look at the. Um, gosh, I. Look at every deadline ever. True. True. You know, um, I I think that the uh the 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 Colorado Arizona deadline deal the where they sent the the bleakly wood and Tangay yeah for Bodker. And Arizona, like Tange is a good player, but it just didn't matter at all. It, in it was the end. Yeah. It was the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, bleakly, they got, and they obviously were not going to sign him so that they could get the second round pick. They got one great year out of Kyle Wood, which had a lot of "I told you so"s going around until he, he very never predictably <laughs> never came close to coming back. Um. Uh, you know, Bodker, I guess Bodker was, he was good for the abs. He was one of their leading scorers. It was just sort of a blah deal. Just, so I guess maybe that's not a great example. Do anything with it. Yeah, I would have to, trades that were bad for both teams. That's, there are a lot of trades that become nothing for both teams. Yeah, but not actively you're just like, bad. Yeah. Yeah, where you're just like, okay. You know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually struggling to come up with one. 
Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I'm Like, I have no doubt they're out there. The trade that inspired this for me was uh, P.K. Subban for Shea Weber, which, it, look, Shea Weber is still a very good player after that trade. Just the reason I thought of it is there was a hot minute after that trade where Weber was injured all the time. Yeah. And it felt like neither team was really getting value out of it. Like, that one's weird because the Weber injuries complicate things because when he's been healthy, he's still been outstanding. Yeah. Um, Subban obviously has fallen off a cliff now, but there were a couple of years there, those first couple of years in Nashville. He was pretty freaking good, man. And it kind of just – it that just sort of felt like a blah. Well, yeah, that's a bad that's a bad trade. Like we'll we'll get to that in the third Leo, period. Like, yeah. That's a um, that's a Theodore Theodore for for Abisher is I have no issues with that because Jose Theodore won a won a playoff round for the Avs. Yeah. I, like it wasn't always pretty. There's a worse he, goalie that the Avs traded for, I'll put it that way. <laughs> Whoa uh, boy. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what? If it wasn't a second round pick, right? Like, if we'll, it was we'll get like there. A... We'll get there. But <laughs> if it wasn't, that was the real problem. It was. Um, but yeah, I, I guess kind of to put a bow on on this segment. It's that if you're getting even value on a trade, it doesn't mean that it's going to end up in even value at the end of it with someone like PK and Nashville who had a couple good years. And then I look, we all know the real story is they traded out PK to make room for Matt Duchesne, but on paper they traded PK Subban for virtually nothing on the other side of that deal. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you have years after the fact and the hindsight to look back on things, a lot of trades look a lot different than they did in the moment. Yeah. And there are a lot of reasons for deals, you know, like the Subban to New Jersey deal. Yeah. That's entirely about where we need to get rid of this salary cap so we can go sign Matt Duchesne. Yep. Which, how funny is it that, like, the Predators give P.K. Subban away for free <laughs> so that they can free up the cap space to go sign Matt Duchesne? And everybody just sort of shrugged. Yep. We were like, good piece of business for New Jersey. And then it ended up not being because he was a mess in his first yep. year. Struggled massively. Yeah. And it's like, could you, if, if New Jersey tried to trade him right now, could they even recoup the second round picks? I doubt it. I I, I seriously doubt it. It's so. the funny part of trades, man, is that you just don't ever really know. Yep. So on that note, we do need to take our second period break. Tell you guys about Strava Craft Coffee if these uh, these trades are getting your blood boiling a little bit and you need to chill out but still stay focused. Strava Craft Coffee is the thing for you. We have that down at the bar at as well. Cold brewed if you like that style. Or, of course, you can always order online from StravaCraftCoffee.com and use code DNVR to get 20% off every single time you buy, except for do it right now, because this week you get 30% off with that code special this week only. Be sure to jump in on that. Now is the time to get that extra discount. It will not last. It'll go back down to that normal 20% very soon. So if you have not gave it a shot, now's a great time to do it. And our gaming sponsor as well, WGT Golf. We have a tournament going on live right now. If you're not joined in, go download from dnvrgolf.com. Search for DNVR3 to join our clubhouse so you can get into the tournament and play the tournament. Once you finish up, be sure to take a screenshot of your final score and send it in either to the pinned tweet on the DNVR Sports Twitter account or send it to info at the dnvr.com via email and you'll be entered to win your choice of a free shirt or mask if you get your name drawn. Don't have to do well in the tournament. Even if you're last place, all you have to do is send in that screenshot and you have a chance to win. So jump on it. It ends this weekend. So get on it either today, tomorrow, or, or sneak it in late on Sunday to have your chance to win. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I see Guy has some tweet lined up in the background. I have no idea what it says. 
I'm going to assume it's, it's something cool going to make him show it for us or, or we can just start to, all right. Yeah, here we go. It's just Sackic related. Ah, perfect. This is exactly what teams will do now, but not what teams used to do back when Joe Sackick still had Patrick Waugh around. Yeah. And it's some of these deals. When we go back and look at them, it's, they're so yikes. It's it is pretty pretty gnarly. Let's start off with is Burbata for Bataglia the worst on your list, AJ? The worst abs trade, to be clear. Uh it's I think it's gotta be right up there. The only saving grace that it is that they turned Bataglia into Connor Walchuk. Right. The they ended up flipping the piece they got for something decent, but Yeah. They they had a number of I think I think Verbata Bataglia is worse than a bunch of their like prospect deals that they did. Yeah. Um and like draft pick stuff like Tom Gilbert for Tommy Solo and, and giving up um Mark Parrish back in the day. Uh Boy, a lot of those too, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of those a lot of those are hey, those are mid-round prospects that became NHL players like okay whatever um but the Bataglia the Verbata for Bataglia is bad because Verbata was good in the NHL yep and, and continued to be well after that trade <laughs> granted at the time I don't think any of us were like this guy's definitely gonna play 1100 games in the <laughs> right, NHL right it was like hey this is a good young player this is the kind of guy that Lacroix is always trying to trade four and gave him up straight up for Bates Bataglia, who was coming off of an absolutely atrocious season in Carolina. You know, he had that 20 goal year and then completely fell apart the next year. And that's when Pierre Lacroix was like, gotta have him. What are you doing? And that was, that was the frustration was that he gave up a really good player and didn't get one in return. Better or worse than a second round pick for Brad Stewart. And and uh, look, here's the thing about this trade. I understand the actual really bad part of this was extending him before he played a single game for the team and not the trade itself. The trade itself was it was bad, but the extension is what made great. it a freaking disaster. Like definitely. Uh and do you remember they they signed like Brad Stewart and Cody McLeod like on the same day? Yeah, yeah. To those to those extensions in the preseason where it was like What the f- what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> um I think I think the Verbata deal is worse because you gave up a player. You gave up a prove a, a guy in yeah, the NHL. That's true. That's true. Like a second round pick is valuable, but it's just for for like a proven there's a caliber of player where it's totally worth it. You know, the the Drury deal I think is the runaway number one worst trade in franchise in, in Avalanche history. Yeah, um, I, I and can't I argue against that. I honestly, I even struggled to just talk about it because I get so upset about it. Uh, it's, it's, but, it's the original John Tavares got it <laughs> as he okay. just sits there. Uh, yeah, I, I, the Avs gave up two legitimate NHLers too, Chris Drury and Stefan Yell. Yeah, in this deal. Well, Which... and, and like I always defend it by saying, look, Derek Morris was a good player. He had a good career. He was really productive. He just wasn't what Lacroix thought he was. Yep. And then he continued to downgrade it. He turned he turned Chris Drury into Chris Gratton. Yep. And Aussie Vanninen. Yep. The end of the the, the boy that. When the claw when the claw missed, boy did he miss. Yeah, he, he took big swings rough, and he man. either hit home runs or just totally bombed out. I would in in talking about the Brad Stewart deal, I would say the Red O'Bara deal is worse. Well I 
there in late, well, okay, in 2014, there were three trades in a row that were just terrible. The Red Obera deal first, a second round pick straight up for Red Obera, and then the Az traded Parento and a fifth for Daniel Briere, who we all know about that. You know, at the time we were like, "What the f? You're giving up? This is this is a money deal." Yep. You gave up a pick. You also gave up a guy that the better player, <laughs> right? Like by far the better player. You're talking about a guy that that had been really productive for you in the two years since signing in in free agency. Uh, but you know, I I think there was a little redemption there because. He was out of the league within three years. He, uh, yeah, I think it ended up not being as bad as it could be. But by the end of that first season, the the disaster that was Briere in Colorado. Right, but they the the big thing was was that it was it was about freeing up that salary because it was identical I, money. I hear you, but yeah, by the end of the year, you would have rather taken like a pick instead of Briere. Yeah, for sure. I just, it could have been. And then obviously on the bear side of things that you essentially turned a second round pick into Rocco Grimaldi. Which again, like should have ended up being a decent deal, right? Yeah. Rocco Grimaldi's turned himself into a a fine NHL player in Nashville. With Colorado, right? (laughs) That's one. That's one where I wonder what did Jared Bednar miss? Because yep. Bednar obviously didn't want to play him, but every time we watched him play, it was like, yeah, he's not very good defensively, but this guy drives play. Like yep. he just finds a way on offense. And that was, that's, you want to talk about like the kind of a low key miss that we just don't really ever talk about for the abs. And it's how they handled Grimaldi. Unless there was just a major personality issue that I don't know about. And I will tell you, I suspect there was. <laughs> um, just there, there are connections that I could draw, but it would be me theorizing. Sure. Nothing um, solid. Which, which is why I'm not going to get into it. But they missed on that. Um, I think Gregor brings up a good point with the, uh, the original Tangay trade. That one, I think looks the way that it does because of what happened to Leopold when he got to Colorado. Yep. Where like Jordan Leopold is a really good puck moving defenseman early in his career. Uh, a lot of promise. And then he got to Colorado and he just couldn't stay healthy. And that was really it. Like the guy just could not stay healthy. And you look at, you look at the rest of his NHL career and it's the same thing. The guy, the guy had like a 10 year career and he probably only played 70% of the games that he could have. Maybe not even that because he was constantly hurt. We called him Leo prone back in the day because he was (laughs) never available. I, and the interesting thing about Tangay is he eventually made his way back to the Aves, the Avs in, in what was a good trade for the Avs, where they dumped David Jones and his contract yeah. and, and Shane O'Brien to Calgary to get Tangay yeah. and Corey Sarich. And, and Tangay was the one who was in the league the longest. Of and the, the crazy part was, was Corey Sarich was looked at as washed up when they got him. Yeah. And he had a really underrated year. His one year in Colorado. Yeah, they got and a serviceable got, year out of him. And then he got he got hurt. Low key, think his injury was one of the the big things that happened that year, that uh, that put the kibosh on them in the postseason. Yeah, I think I think they missed him a lot against Minnesota. And Definitely then he got into that awful accident and never he could never yeah, never play played again. again. So that was yeah. And then Tangay. <laughs> That his his last Colorado stint sure was interesting. He had that one the the first full year he played back was he was great. And then Yeah. You know, and then age caught up to him. Yeah. 
he forgot that he had to stay on side, and that was that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's in the modern era, there really is just that that chain of bad trades with when Patrick Waugh was president as well. Yeah. Not quite to the same degree, but the the Talbot and Carey for Jordan Caron trade is in that that era as well. And well, and and that's that one hurts because the the Talbot the Tal they you remember that was their Kyle Quincy kind of like Ryan Smith turned yep. into Kyle Quincy and the other guy whose name escapes me. Um who was also a decent NHL defender and then just disappeared. Yep. And and was never good again anywhere else. Um and then Quincy got traded in that three-way deal. Yeah, back to where Detroit. Yeah, with Tampa Bay and Detroit where and the Avs got um, Downey out of it. Yeah, yeah, they got Steve Downey and then they turned Downey into Talbot and then Talbot into Quran. And, and it was a downgrade all the way. <laughs> exactly. And then and then they ended up that that the sixth round pick they got in that deal, they ended up giving back to Boston for Carl Soderberg, so it went back up again. Yeah, true, true. Like that trade tree ended up with a good finish, but it just got worse at every step for the Avs. With Ryan Smith the Quincy was like, okay, like he's a he's a decent top four D guy, and then he was miserable with the abs and he said all that stuff about guys having their bags packed or whatever. <laughs> and, and then they, for Downey and then everybody hated Steve Downey cause he was crazy. Yep. And then, you know, Downey for Talbot, Talbot was a great glue guy, but they just didn't need to make that deal. They didn't, they weren't in a, they weren't good enough to make, to, to make that deal where it was like, Max Max Talbot was Matt Calvert before Matt Calvert, but they just, you know, they needed they needed Miko Rantanen before Max right. Calvert. You know? right. like, yeah. They needed they needed good players before they needed role players, and it so it didn't work out. And then the Talbot they moved on from him and whatever, right? But it was like that whole trade that whole that whole train was just a disaster. Should we? They, uh... just, they just kept getting worse. Should we cap this off with the fakest trade of all time? Sure. Jerome Ginla for a fourth. <laughs> On a deadline where everybody knows that you're selling, that that you're open for business. And I still yeah, I remember that, that honestly, deal. That might be the greatest sin is the trades that they failed to make that year. Yeah, that was I remember that guy that's on Reddit that absolutely hates my guts. That was when he started to hate me. At least openly. Because I wrote the thing. I wrote I wrote the article after that trade deadline that Sackick was asleep at the wheel. That Yeah. You know that you when you the have worst two, team in modern history and you couldn't make a single move really. <laughs> you have two months to try and find a takers for these guys and you couldn't come up. Your best deal ended up being Martinson for Andrew Ghetto, which had an asterisk because Andrew Ghetto was on waivers twice that season. Yep. You could have had that guy for free. Yep. And they ended up having to they they got him, which was all good and well, but got him for Martinson, who was one of their better like Euro finds. Yeah, and like Martinson's still a guy that is bounced around, plays a couple yeah. of NHL games every other year. Like, yep. Every time, every time I think of, he was a really nice guy. I really liked him a lot, and I always wish him well. So he could it, he just he hit like a train, dude. I believe that. I I still remember his like double hit on a couple guys behind the wow. net, but he just it was it was interesting that a guy like that size and he just he hit through people he hit like a guy who was built like 40 pounds heavier and four inches taller yeah but yeah that was that that was a disaster of a deadline you you should have been i mean you look and if you go back and you look at every other team that tries to sell at the deadline they do it they find a way and that's one where, like, we talk about how Sackick sets his price. 
and doesn't move off it and is like <clears throat> that works in a days, buyer's market but in a seller's yeah. one <laughs> but when it came time for him to sell pieces off like you know what the you you look at like how Ottawa has done this right how how is it that they had 10 top 100 picks to play with how is it that if you go and you look at them next year they're already set up with a billion more picks like they're ready they to sell. go. Yeah. And what they did is they committed to it and they found takers and they just they just kept selling good players off for pieces. Yep. Yep. And individually you would look at the deals like you're looking at Mike Hoffman and you're like a second and a fourth or whatever they gave up, you know, to when they when they flipped him yeah, one that, to, to that San one Jose and then funny. <laughs> San Jose flipped him to Florida 10 minutes later for something better and you're like Ottawa's a joke. But like they still got those picks. Yeah. They still got something that they could make out of it, right? And that was the thing with the apps. They got nothing out of that year. Yep. The the night before the trade deadline, Aaron Portsline said Fedor Tutin was had been dealt. And then it didn't get done. And then yeah. nothing happened. Yep. Because the abs just couldn't, for whatever reason, they could not close anything at that deadline. The only thing they got done was Andrew Gettle for Martinson, Aginla for nothing. Yeah, the, and, the fake pick. Yeah, and then a couple of minor league deals, and that was it. It was the easily like the big failure. Yep. Of of their tenure. Also, we'd be remiss if we just didn't at least mention Eric Jelena deal fell yep. apart pretty the, bad. The third round pick for the Jelena never came together. Yeah, and that was again like that's a really tough one because Patrick Wall loved him and had a specific Roll idea on how to him use in mind. Him. Yeah, and Jared Bednar had none yeah. of that. And Jelena broke his arm under Patrick Wall, and then Wall bounced, and then Jelena yeah. just did not fit. That <laughs> yeah, and then had attitude issues elsewhere. Yep, you know, and look, he had played in the NHL since. So that's just really poor valuation by them. And that's the, that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles there. I mean, it it just goes to show that sometimes you can't win for losing where even if you don't make a trade, sometimes that's the wrong answer, but honestly, the abs have had some bad trades, but, Outside of maybe moving Chris Drury, they've never and and even Chris Chris Drury's not like a Hall of Famer or anything. They've never given up a true superstar level talent and not gotten value out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could look at it and say maybe their biggest in for the Abs. Maybe their biggest is the O'Reilly deal. Yep. In terms of player caliber of player that they gave up. Yep. And. And even that, it's like, well, they did okay on it. Yeah, they did. They did okay. Yeah. So. So it's nice not to nice not to be on the wrong end of one of the all time boners. <laughs> so, on that note, I think we're gonna wrap up our free skate Friday for y'all. Thank you as always for hanging out, consuming the podcast, however you may. Uh, if you're sticking around, we have the Denver sports podcast coming up in about 20 minutes here that I will be on. So if you want to check that out, would highly recommend it. But uh, other than that, AJ and I will be back with you guys on Monday. So have a good rest of your weekend.